1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15
0: a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 1077. I hope this uh, little podcast has provides you some peace and and joy in your day uh, right now how you doing? I hope you're doing okay. What are you doing? Are you making stuff? If you are, you can send uh, whatever that thing is to events at ID10T.com. And uh, hopefully we could share it with the ID10T community on the ID10T community corkboard, which this is. Uh, events at ID10T.com. Like Mauro, who writes, I have written and illustrated my very first self-published children's book on Amazon titled Our New Different World, a story and picture book for children to understand our roles during a pandemic, Um, which if you just search on Amazon, it comes up. I've not read the book yet. I just saw the email, but I'm on the page now on Amazon. uh, And he says, um, this book is to help bring some positivity and fun for our little readers to show the bright side of what kids can do to help in a creative way. It's up to us to show the love and compassion to our children during these times to bring some joy to our new, different world. Uh, the day I started to write Draw This Book was the day I asked my 8-year-old daughter how she felt about her current pandemic. It was at that point she started to cry, telling me how worried she was about the fate of her grandparents in the future. My hope is that this book can brighten up our children's world and not give them the view of what we see as adults. So um, that's a beautiful sentiment. And that is up on Amazon right now. Thank you so much for sharing, Mauro. Events at ID T. Com. Um, this episode is Louis Anderson, comedian Louis Anderson, who is, I mean, just superb as Christine Baskets on Baskets. Are you watching Baskets? You should. Um, and he's just had such an amazing career. Now, I watched Louie all through the 80s uh, doing comedy. I was such a big Louis Anderson fan. And In the 90s, we became friends, and that blew me away. Like, oh, my God, this guy that I used to watch his comedy and I was such a fan of, now we're friends. Totally blew me away. And we've been friends now for, like, 25 years. And he and my mom are friends. And and by the way, we all were on the podcast together a few years ago. Um, He came on to promote... The book that he had written for his, it was in honor of his mom. It was called Hey Mom. And so I thought, oh, I should have my mom on. And I think it might have gone up for Mother's Day a few years ago. So that was a really, really sweet special episode. But he's just the sweetest guy I love him so much and so funny, and uh, and p- put me on stage doing stand up. He was like the first person to say, "Hey, do you want to come do stand up at uh, my show?" And I bombed horribly. It was in like nineteen ninety six, I think, and then didn't do stand up again for maybe two two years. So, um, but I, he gave me some of the best advice that I've ever heard, uh, which is get on stage a hundred times. Then see how you feel. It's like you just got to learn by doing and then you get more perspective once you do it a bunch. So thank you to to Louis Anderson for always being such an amazing uh, person in my life and an amazing comedian. By the way, his new stand-up special, Big Underwear is the name of it, is airing uh, June 23rd, the day this is going up, on The CW at 9 p.m. So please check that out. Uh, support... Support him and, uh, and go see him live whenever that is a thing we're able to do again. It's not now, but it will be at some point, hopefully soon. Uh, so thanks again to Louie and thank you for listening. I appreciate you. This is the ID10T podcast number 1077 that begins now.
0: Initiating ID10T protocol.
1: baby can you see me yeah can you see me no i just see your name on the thing you'd have to oh you don't see me
2: no let me get that straightened (laughs) out here because i'm fucking cute today
1: (laughs) Uh, so good to see you get
2: rid of the glass i don't need the glasses do i no only if you only if you want them i mean how do they look Do i look better with the glasses or without them
1: you look They both look good, by the way. They're just totally different looks. If you were doing the four-panel headshot that everyone did in the 80s, yeah, you'd have the studious look with the glasses and then yeah. the ready-to-go-out look without the glasses.
2: Hi. How you doing? I'm good. This Is is this the right of – I'm so proud of myself because uh, I'm terrible with computers. Yeah. But um, – I downloaded everything and I just feel so, I feel like I'm a new person.
1: (laughs) You are, it is, it is a bold new age that you are a part of. Oh my God.
2: You know, I've lived through, I lived through uh, all those riots in the sixties and seventies, you know, but all the Vietnam stuff, I saw Nixon get out. I saw Jimmy come in um, I really have, I, I was thinking the other day, I have literally lived through a lot of stuff. I did the shows for two presidents, uh, you know, stuff that was like, you know, like the, when they opened the Ford theater, I was there for that with a bunch of other entertainers to a big gala was. Televised. Did you perform
1: there? Mm hmm. Oh, and wow.
2: Uh, with, uh. And Lance Burton and I have been friends ever since then. He was a magician. I go, they let you bring the sword in. That surprises me. That's what I really like. That's the that's the project kid in me.
1: That's yeah, going, it's like, Reagan. oh, I'm a magician. I'm a magician.
2: Reagan and Tip O'Neill are out there and Nancy. <laughs> and I couldn't bring they were searching me like I had a gun under one of my fat flaps.
1: And uh <laughs> Are you now? Just the, one of the things are you, that are, are we, we recording? By the way, yeah, we just we just started recording. Okay, right. so, I mean, we started recording before. I can start it now, or I can start oh, it when you came no, on. We're great, we're great. Great. We're great. Um, Hi, so, I, I I would I'm I love kind of talking to other comedians about the idea of we we're not performing. A lot of us aren't performing right now, and don't right. know. I mean, I don't know. I think my dates all got pushed to 2021. Me too. Um, I know there are some people who are starting to squeak back into clubs with social distancing measures and stuff. I just sort of feel like, ah, I'm going to wait this out. I think it's probably better to wait it out. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be responsible for bringing a bunch of people together until we kind of know more about what's going on. But are are you itching to perform or do you feel okay? I'm itching, but not to perform.
2: Um. um <laughs> uh, you know, like, uh, that's
1: where you just I just walked through the gate here I left this gate yeah, open for you yeah, yeah thank
2: you well it's been so long since you know I've talked to human beings no um, <laughs> but yeah no I'm not I have a corporate supposedly in July here in Vegas yeah and I have already thought what am I? Am I doing that? Right. And I guess I am. I guess I, no, I mean, they confirmed it recently. So I still, I
1: still feel like it's a day to day thing, though. You yeah, know? yeah,
2: it is. Listen, um, everything's changed, and I, all my dates are pushed to 2021. And I think I just keep trying to figure out the configuration at places, and I just don't see it working. I don't see – like, if you have half the club full, they're still not – they're going to have to have enough people to wait on it. They're not going to make any money. So I don't know – I mean, I'm looking just at economics for people. Yeah. But I have heard a few people sold out all their shows, which does that mean they sold half the tickets of the club? Or right? Here's the greatest thing that people are doing that I really loved. It threw me all the way back to my childhood. They're doing drive-in theaters on a flatbed truck, the comics on a flatbed truck.
1: Yes, I've, I've heard about in this. in their
2: car. Yeah. You know? And no, they, my dad still won't let me get stuff at the... We brought candy. <laughs> You're not
1: buying that candy.
0: Um, <laughs> but I wonder, like,
1: because so much, I mean... That's a great solution for the audience, but I wonder for the comedian, without having the audience feedback, because I, it, for me, it's, it's such a relationship with the audience. So, like, how do you know what's working? How can you kind of ride the wave of the energy of the room if you can't hear anyone because they're in their cars?
2: I think you can do it uh, with material. But I think if you're talking about you want to take somewhere, someone somewhere, yeah. I think you have to do that thing that all of us are capable of. You have to perform for yourself like you used to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd be on stage and these people are not getting this, but I am going to have the best time of my life. Hey, <laughs> folks, here's another one you won't get. Anyway, ah, lady, thanks for coming, lady.
1: Don't worry, uh, later I'll sit in my car yeah. alone and cry and question my life choices. But now we're going to get through this set. Uh... And
2: I think that made me, you know, I was the first on at the store after Harris Pete. So Harris Pete was the MC and the doorman. So the show would start at 8 o'clock. At 8.15, I would go on for two to four people because that's the spot I got. Because I I feel like Mitzi was forced into... Jimmy Walker had kind of forced Mitzi into making me uh, a paid regular. Amazing. and Which I loved, Jimmy, for that. Because she would always just kind of walk out when I was on, and so it would break my heart. But then finally, we became you know, like best friends, Mitzi and I, so it all worked out, but you know, Mitzi, you know, she either liked you or she didn't. And I always felt like, Oh, she's just being nice. But, uh, but I was two to four people. So for months, for maybe, maybe a year, I would go on at eight fifteen.
1: 15 wow. unless I
2: had a showcase. Then I would go on at nine thirty. That's the yeah, prime but, spot in the original room, 930.
1: But that's, that's, such a, that's such a great tale of, you know, like half of that story is perseverance and half of that story is you loved doing stand-up so much that you kept doing it even in the face of like, God, it's been a year. I'm still doing the same spot. I don't think the club owner is into me. And so how did you turn that? How did you, how did you spin that? I
2: made sure that Betty and John from Peoria were in my, you know, in my zeitgeist. We were all like, "Here we are, yeah, Let's do it." I don't know if I use zeitgeist right, but I always want to use it. It's <laughs> a wonderful sounding word, such a good comedy word. My zeitgeist, get them in here. Where's that zeitgeist? I need them. Anyway, um, but so I made sure that those people, because you know, I started out in Minneapolis and. My things about the, like yours is, this is a relationship I'm having with the audience. Mm -hmm. So if there's four people, let's make it, let's make them say at the end of the night, I still think Louis was the best. Yeah. I still think Louis, for what he had, Louis made me feel so comfortable or made me really laugh the hardest. I mean, that's what we're all going for. We're all going for people mumbling our jokes uh, to their friends and loved ones on the way out or laying in bed going, what about that one thing you said?
1: Ah!" (laughs) Yeah. And when you're, when you're, especially when you're first starting out in comedy, your ego can protect you some try to protect you. Sometimes you go, Oh, the audience was terrible or they didn't get me or they didn't, you know, as opposed to like, well, how can I, how can I connect with them? How can I connect with four people? I still remember. I still remember your jokes from the Dangerfield special, Hello, you see that swamp over there? That's where your That's where real your parents, parents live. live. <laughs> I still remember those I still remember those jokes, you know? Yeah. And and for someone I'm not that kind of a joke writer, so I'm fascinated by those really sticky jokes that just embed in people's brains that are elegant and simple but but so full of you know, just those ones where you just, you can't, oh, I saw this guy the other night, and he did this great joke, and you. but you have to see it, but it was this, you know, that kind of quotable yeah. comedy is, is so, um, you, you know, it just sort that, of feels like an
2: albatross. But do you think I could challenge you to do a seven-minute, five-to-seven Carson set, or Leno set, or... Uh, you know, whoever set you want to pick of your favorite late night people. Do you think I could challenge you to do a five to seven minutes minute set that we could work together? I mean, and that's then a- you could, and then you would say to me, "I want you to do what I do. I want you to stream it. I want you to go up there with a one word thing." and take it where you're going for 5 to 7 minutes.
1: So we swap kind of swap styles. Well, yeah. I mean,
2: I just I know how what you do is is difficult in my mind is what you think I do. So and that would be well, a I dream. Think I got that out, didn't I? I'm yes, that would, that would be, that would be
1: that would be that would be such an honor to work on stuff with you because what I notice is um when I, you know, I have the luxury when I perform that, uh, you know, I'm doing headlining sets and people generally know that they're coming to see me. And so it's that thing where you just kind of go up in a random club and have to like win the crowd over right away. in that 10 minutes, like in the first minute to let them know, like, it's okay to like me. Here's, here's the stuff, you know, and then they're on board. I'm fortunate enough now that I don't necessarily have to do that because people kind of know what they're coming to see, but I write such long story bits that are so involved and bleed into one another that it is very difficult for me to cut out like a 10 minute, 12 minute, 15 minute chunk and just go do it at the comedy store. Cause I'm like, fuck in order for this bit to work, you kind of have to understand who I am and you kind of have to know the stuff that came before it. So yes, this would be such a beautiful challenge to, to do what you're saying. And also I'm ashamed as a comedian because I should be able to just do that. And no, that actually true, is a little though. bit of work.
2: That's not true though, because you do what is best for you as a comedian. And so once you follow that path that you took, cause you chose all this. So you can't like, you chose to be like this, this is closest yeah. to who you are. And what I do is closest to who I am. Right. You know, right. so we're just, you know, my, that was, I, i like jokes i i can write jokes um but on the same token you know what happened to me today on the drive over here oh my god it was frightening and then i have to make that particular thing last five to seven minutes i'll yeah, tell you but, why but, but build it with,
1: but build it with jokes but you have to build it with jokes and
2: no, but I can't, I'm, I mean, what do you mean build it with jokes? I'm talking about your thing. You have an idea of where you're going. Now, what it sounds like when you're on stage, and you may not know this, is that you are extemporaneous. You
1: well, I, yeah, I and mean, I do.
2: Yes, but you work really hard at that extemporaneous uh, act. You, you, that That spontaneity is endemic. Did I get that right? Because think
1: word. you did. I think I think yeah. the zeitgeist of the conversation allows yes. for the endemic. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, for who who you are, though.
1: Yes, that's I do. Flavor—that's your flavor, flave. I like it yeah. to feel. I like it to feel conversational, and I was always inspired by. I mean, it's kind of funny because the comedians that I grew up uh, watching and loving, like. Uh, st- Steve Martin and uh, you Martin and Emo insane. and Judy yeah. Tenuta oh, and Emo. Can we talk about what a joke writer Emo is? I mean, he's oh God, he's I a
2: flawless joke. His like he <laughs> hates being called a joke writer. By the way, the greatest joke writer. He likes being known as a great comic, which he is. But when you're a j- comedian and you hear his jokes, you go, "I could." No matter what I did, no matter how many Lego sets I bought. I could not have constructed
1: that in any way. No. And it's like he manages to he manages to, and like he's this perfect nexus of of so smart but so accessible and silly and he's he's bringing in these crazy high concepts and distilling them making them simple within this crazy joke structure with one or two turns Amazing. that you never see coming. And it's really like watching, like watching him is like watching a master magician, you know, yeah. like do this weird slide of hand. Well, that, and you can't just, even... Yeah,
2: you're right. No, that was it. Guess, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. So uh, same token, Steve Allen, because that's who you said, right? Or was it Steve Martin? Steve Martin? Steve Martin. Steve Martin, completely different than Emo, but arriving at a similar place. Yeah, you know that silliness and that kind of stuff. You know, uh, and now the dime trick, right? (laughs) And he's in a big arena, and the absurdity of that is the humor behind that for me is what about the guy who goes? What was the trick with the dime? Yeah, he He was (laughs) he was dragged to the show,
1: but I also Uh, think I also think that I think sort of the the person who's comedy model who was also one of the most influential comedians to me and when I was I think the first comedian my parents exposed me to was Steve Martin because of SNL right. and then very quickly a Richard Pryor album was given to me and wow. I think I think brave, and and, and Carlin
2: Pryor you know, was a big influence on me people would be surprised to know that but
1: look well, I, I think I think he's he's sort of the when you look at where comedy evolved, I think he's the source, like that sort of conversational comedy that's very personal about his life, that's very honest, is so much of what comedy is now, and I believe that that's owed to Pryor. Absolutely.
2: Um, and- Ode, uh, lock, Some people talk about Lenny Bruce. It's, you know, that, yes, he opened that, you know, Lenny Bruce opened a big wound, in my opinion. And let it all spill out. But Pryor surgically opened his whole... The front of him when he was performing. It was yeah, like, yeah. is that his uh, esophagus hanging hey, <laughs> on? Um, you
1: know so, what and I he mean? Ma- and he made it funny. And he made these really... Uh, in, you know, sometimes intense things incredibly funny about his personal life and yeah. things he was going through. And And it's like, I think that is so much... And then the '80s happened, and then it seemed like well, then everyone kind of evolved the style of comedy that was just to get their five to seven minutes on television. Mm -hmm. And uh, what are you trying to say?
2: (laughs) (laughs) But it (laughs) worked because hit me in the back of the head with a club.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was a different. It was different in the in the '80s just a little bit, just because of the way that the media affected how stand-up was
2: portrayed exactly so let's this is a really nice little nugget of uh of manure to to sift through to grow something in but the real truth is this is a real this is really true uh comedy became mainstream Mm -hmm. that was what the 80s were to me like comedy There was comedy shows on TV. There was comedy shows, specials on HBO. There were all those things that hadn't ever happened before. Mm -hmm. The 80s, for some reason, was a great, great place for all that to happen. Explosion of cable. It was
1: explosion of cable.
2: Yes, it was. It was. It was, uh, you could hear somebody say fuck on TV, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, or or not, regardless, but you could hear everything that the people wanted to say. So the point of view became alive and well and refreshing to people. Now I don't know if HBO did that single handedly, certainly a big part of it, Showtime, uh and cable, you know, when you saw the shows. But um I think that those people I, I mean, I think we were I always wonder were we the result of the people like like uh, uh, Robert Klein and George Carlin and Joan Rivers and Todie Fields and uh, Godfrey Cambridge, were we the sifter of that or were we the sifter of Bob Hope and Rodney Dangerfield and all those guys? Were we, and Johnny Carson, were we the 80s? Were we the... You know how you sift flour, and a yeah, finer yeah. flour comes out. Yeah, were we that? In fact, we used to use the sifter for the finer powder. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: I don't know. Actually, it's it's a you know it's a really interesting question to try to figure out because you know the the Robert Kleins and the Carlins and the Jones, they were uh, obviously amazing, at, but they also talked about other things. Joan, I think, talked about the outside world, but, but you, but as her, like it was about, she was able to make the outside world kind of about her, that point of view that she had. Yeah, Joan was, Joan well. was
0: create
2: she, she created a character. Yes. Don't you think? Rodney yes. created a character. Robert Klein uh, seemed like a Brooklyn or wherever he was born in Bronx or whatever neighborhood kid who was schooling us on stuff and then you know he seemed like a jazz musician to me robert right yeah yeah. he always seemed like a jazz musician to me and i don't mean that in any negative way but um but that's the difference between
1: that's the difference between like you know when you do a style of comedy, that's a little more, that feels a little more extemporaneous or a little more, I guess, like, you know, jazz in that way, it's, you know, I feel like the risk that you can run is that some of the stuff might not stick with people. Like they might enjoy the show and go, wow, we went on this really crazy ride, you know, but, um, but it doesn't, but some of it may not, you know, be like, stay with people, like certain bits that stuff's a little harder to, to quote to your friends, you know, because it's, it's sort yeah. of like, you know, you had uh, to be there. You had to be there. Yeah. It was part of, it was part of the experience. Yeah. I'm not saying one is necessarily better than the other. It's just different. You know, it's, it's just different. different. But, but, but that's that, why I said to
2: you, that's why I challenged you. Not a, a real challenge. Like you don't have to do it. it's a lot of work and who really wants <laughs> no, but to it's do a good, that? But I would it's love a to do something. Of okay. good, kind of a good exercise. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of a good exercise that in a month, you and I come back onto this thing, this podcast, and say, I say to you, here's my one minute of your kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, and then I, and I do the same. Saying, but I, I feel yeah. like I have to do mine, if, if I'm really being influenced by your style, then the other challenge is that I have to do mine clean. No, I mean, I don't think you do.
2: I mean, I don't think you do have to do it clean. My stuff could be dirty. I could tell you how it could all be dirty. But I only did it because it's likely that people brought their moms and dads to my show. So I knew moms and dads, especially moms and grandmas and all those people that come that became fans of mine from television. I couldn't, if I did that, I'd lose, they would never come again.
1: But you also don't need to because you write such great, clean jokes. It's you.
2: But I just you, didn't, I didn't just write clean jokes. I just wrote jokes. That are clean. I didn't think of that, but I didn't think that way.
1: Yeah, I know because and your brain doesn't. I get, what you, doesn't, I
2: get, I get like, what you mean. I can't tell you how many. I wrote. Here's a joke I wrote that I really can't tell with my crop.
1: Okay,
2: All right. And it's clean. <laughs> okay. I just read where a guy killed his whole family. That's, that's unbelievable. You know, my friend told me, goes, I can't, I can't believe somebody killed their whole family. And I said, I can't believe it doesn't happen more often. <laughs> <laughs> I said, exactly. no, but wait, let me just finish it, though. It's not finished. I don't think you start out where you're going to kill everyone. But the rush of the first one must carry you right through now that is not really my type of joke but it is it is a true thought I had because of so many family things you know how families you know they can drive you crazy so well I, feel, mom, like you, I feel like you I way. feel
1: like you I feel it but first of all before I get to my mom I I, I think you could get away with that because I, I think a lot of other people, if they told that joke, it would sound aggressive and threatening. But in the body of your set, in the context of your set, if you put it in the middle of the set, I think people would totally accept it because you have such a friendly, inviting, uh inclusive persona that I don't think anyone would, you know, like sometimes you run that risk with jokes where Sometimes people in the audience will take things that you say literally and they might go, why would you think he should kill his, you know, but within the context of your set, I really think you could I think you could get away with a, a joke like All that.
2: Right. I'm a I'm a I'm gonna find another joke that's like that.
1: I just that can't guy. tell you how many jokes that I write that start with pooping and then I but I write them down. And then I go. Well, I probably won't use this, but my brain obviously wants to write about poop, so I'm just going to write about poop, and then maybe it'll, maybe it'll go somewhere in the set. Did but you get just, potty uh, trained early? Is that it? <laughs> I probably did. You know, that's a. Speaking of moms, that's a great question to ask my mom. Mom, yeah. why did you potty train me? Why do I write so many poop jokes? Yeah, because she's my mom. My mom's good. She's you know obviously we've all been. Through it's just it. with the with the quarantine, I haven't. Like, I have not hugged my mom in, like, three and a half months. And it's, oh. I mean, I'm not, I don't believe I have coronavirus. I don't believe my mom have has coronavirus. I'm just terrified, like, you know, hypochondriac style. What if I got it somehow, even though I haven't been in another building other than my home? And then I hug my mom, and then she gets it. I don't want to get her sick. No. So I'm just, you know, but we're actually going Here's to dinner. Here's I was tonight. thinking.
2: Oh, good. Here's yeah. what I was thinking. Now, this probably sounds crazy, but I said when people come over, I would take a sheet, you know, at least a seven hundred thread count, mm-hmm. and I would put that sheet up, and we would hug each other through the sheet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you, so you would have a, a hugging, hugging sheet.
2: I would have a hugging sheet. That would have to be washed after every hug. That
1: perfectly fits the zeitgeist of this coronavirus.
2: And that is exactly who I am, a problem solver.
1: You would have to make sure that you, the funny, the funny part would be if you didn't wash it after every time and people came over and they could just see your face print. And like, oh, that's yeah. where he hugged the last person. That's where
2: your mind goes. I knew that. <laughs> that's, that's your jokes right there. That's it. I love that. See, that's where you go. This is the bad kid in me.
1: Well, yeah, because you I feel like you'd come over and you'd just see everyone that you hugged. Oh, there's anne yeah, Martha's face there's yeah, this that's person's good. face. And yeah. That's
2: a great joke. That's a great joke though. But that is a great joke. So that's how here's how I would tell that joke. That's what I do, but you know, I hugged everyone even though I wasn't supposed to. That's how I'd start that out very bob hope. You know, I hugged everybody even though I wasn't supposed to. What I did is I got a sheet, and the part for me that's funny in the sheet is a 1,200-count thread, a 1,200-thread count at least. And then I hugged the person through the sheet, and then I'd washed it every time afterwards, except the one time when somebody I didn't care much about, I didn't bother washing it. Now that... (laughs) I don't know if there's a joke there, but it needs another
1: punch. But, um. well, so okay, so I hear I hear a thing like that, and then I start thinking about well, there's all these different side roads you can. T- this is where I get lost all the time. There's all these different side roads you can take. So, yeah. one of the data points of that was the thread count. So you could go yeah. into a side point about the thread count. Then, even getting the sheet, you could go into a side road about Amazon and ordering sheets, or going to Bed Bath and Beyond and not being able right. to figure out. And then coming home with a thousand refrigerator magnets and forgetting to buy the 2000 count thread sheet. So then you're having to hug people covered in refrigerator. You know, like I get so ADHD with it, that it's hard for me to stay on one track.
2: Well, I think that, you know, if you, if you decide to take the, uh, I can do a challenge um, and you want to, is your hair, are you, are you getting more hair?
1: Well, I I my hair's just grown. I got my first haircut. It looks good, though. I got my first haircut in four months. A couple days ago. Oh, did you? And it, uh, yeah, my the same person, Sean, who's been cutting my hair since 1997. That cuts my hair for all the shows that I work on. I love him. He came. He he was like, "I'll come to your house on a Saturday." So he came over. He had a face shield on. I had a mask on. And he yeah. cut my hair, and he so, did a good job. It looks he's good. He's the best. He is the best. Yeah. I
2: love Sean. Well, but, uh, I'm, I'm, I was supposed to go to the salon uh, seven o'clock on Friday, and I just said, "Nah," I go, "I just can't." Not ready? Sometimes I'm, I'm into this '60s, '80s, '70s thing I got going. It's coming I mean, back,
0: I,
1: man.
2: It's coming. I mean, I, I just want to be in one of uh, what's his name's movies uh, that did the uh, Once Upon a Time.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah the, an old, an old timey Tarantino movie. Yeah,
2: t- a timey tar- timey Tarantino. There's Time a great. Tar- tar- t- there- hey, t- timey Tarantino. <laughs> to me, that words are the most fun thing for me. Anyways, <laughs> I'm glad your mom. Uh, will you give her my best? I know. Oh, she, she loves you so she much. Lost her doggy, so I know she her did.
1: Yeah, she lost Benji in January, and it was. Yeah. She still. It that that was the that has been the difficult the, the really difficult thing with the quarantine is she didn't have her little companion with her during the quarantine, yeah. but he was very sick near the end of his life, and so I do think. Look what I was, used to drink out of. That's so fun. Oh yeah, uh, midnight thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's so so I love it. It's my I've been
2: using it since I did
1: the show. Oh, that's fantastic. I can tell that it's been, it looks like it's been washed a bunch. It's been used. I love it. It's, I...
2: It just makes me happy. I love doing that show because it was just a sweetest thing to you, for you to have me on that show.
1: Oh, anyway, and you were great on it. You were great. On I this. was
2: I was minimal, but it's okay. You can never lie to a comic. You know that, right? No, but great. You, you- I was great in, in the way I could be great on that show, but that show was very clever and very, very smart and- uh, congratulations oh,
1: on that. Oh, thank you. It was a it was a fun show and we were just, you know, it, we it, it was just the perfect storm of we had an amazing staff, an amazing group of writers, an amazing collection of comics that would come on. Like everything about it was it was such an amazing group effort and when you work in this business a long time and you realize um you realize what a real gift it is to have such a great group of people all kind of focused at the same thing it was just a wonderful it was just a wonderful experience where do you think we lost the audience
2: (laughs) (laughs) do you think when we got into the uh, the deep deep dive of comedy evolution uh, (laughs) do you think they just went what are they uh, but
1: but you know what? In as much as you said standing on stage, this one's for me. Then 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 that's fine. This is for me because, I mean, you have to know, and I know that we've been friends for twenty almost twenty five years. But you have to know what a genuine joy. I mean, you were one of my comedy inspirations growing up. I I I. So to to the fact that. A, that we're friends now, B, that you're the sweet, wonderful human being that you are, and C, that you want to write some comedy stuff with me. I mean, you just have to know that- It's such a fun idea. The 12-year-old comedy kid in me is, like, beside himself that we're even having this conversation about these things. So I just, I appreciate it so greatly. So if people are like, eh, boring, I don't care that much about how comedy works, then that's okay, you know? Like, not everything has to be for everybody. Yeah, no, I agree with that.
2: You know, because that's what I would look forward to. Like a lot of people have an agenda when you do the podcast, and I go, "Well, Chris won't." This is a conversation between two people, and no Yeah,
1: each other. I just want to. It's see, I just want to. It's, it's also an opportunity to catch up with you and see how you are and how's I'm, how's Vegas doing. Vegas
2: is, I
1: guess, opening uh,
2: every other slot. This is where I found what I found interesting. Every other slot is turned off every other mm-hmm. slot machine is turned off and i go yeah. uh, that's maybe three feet yeah. <laughs> that's not six and a half you know because that minnesota part of me that goes that's not six feet i don't care what anyone says
1: <laughs> that's you not know, my dad, that's, my
2: dad. that's uh that's a foot short if it's anything
1: but what about like blackjack tables like touching all the coins touching all the chips like you can see people apart money alone money
2: yeah what are they doing with the money and the chips i think there's you know i i have no idea because i don't go out because i'm too vulnerable you know i'm not gonna live all these years to get uh, have a virus kill me when i know it's out there right i think i saw it the other day and i almost went out and i went i'm going back in (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that was it. You were, like I, for a while, I freaked out. You know, after I do something, like I'd go to the store and I go, I can't go to the store anymore. I gotta have someone else go to the store. I gotta wipe down all this stuff, and I gotta live like that because I have to take this serious. Because a lot of people are able to compartmentalize this and not take it serious, and I feel like we're gonna suffer from that recently now that everybody had to get out, which I get that. I know that people had to get out. You know, I am not one of those people who goes, I got to get out of here. I go, uh, I don't have to get out of here. I have this TV. I like watching television. I've, I finished Homeland. I've been, I have <laughs> I was finally watch that show. But you know what I've really been trying to do is, uh, God, did I get in touch with a tremendous amount of stuff? Uh, what is it that I want? now, out of life. I just, like, I, I didn't, I have not, I, I went through, I went through a checklist, not a bucket list, a checklist. What's important? What really matters? What should I be doing? And I'm happy to say, for the most part, I've been doing stuff that I really wanted to do. So I'm so fortunate and so lucky uh, to have done that stuff. And I'm just excited about what could- what I can do again i've I've been trying to write a book and it's not coming out, so it must be i must not have the thing to say at the time uh but um this thing has changed me like this thing has changed me. I grew up in the project, so i kn- know about you know growing up with you know being kind of profiled all the kids in the projects. We lined up in different lines. We were not, uh, you know, we were, we were, uh, we were like the project line. They would go project line over here, and I go, what, what the, what do you, what do you have to say that, you know, it just felt so weird. But also, I grew up with a mother who was like she never judged anybody, and my dad, he was a jazz musician, so he played, jazz, you know, he was with people of color. And so I'm lucky because I agonized over all this stuff going on. And I said, do I have to worry about it? And I go, no, but I have to listen and I have to get right on it. And I have to make sure that I'm not part of the problem. And I hope that I'm not. And I hope I can do some things that will help uh, make people feel better.
1: Well, that's really wonderful to hear. And also not surprising to me as someone that, as again, in the last 25 years, I feel like your guiding principle above everything else as a comedian and a host as an actor I feel like the most important thing for you is do the people that you see feel supported and happy and can you can you help can you make people feel comfortable can you and that to me is kind of your guiding thing and underneath yeah, that all the other stuff you know comedian yeah that's actors, true though that, that's true like, I want people to have a
2: better life. Be, uh, you know, and I, don't, I want them, my interaction with people, I want them to leave feeling, I guess, refreshed and, and confident and believing in themselves. Because I think that that's the gig. Listen, you've got to, you've got to believe in yourself. You've got to, to, to do and be fearless and do the stuff you really want to do. Because it's all that matters. Those are the things that really matter out there.
0: This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. to 500, 500.
1: Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com.
0: Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible
1: insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I was just going to say, it's just so easy in our business to get caught up in your own me, 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 and forget, you know, because it is especially when you're a comedian, you are constantly like, what am I performing? What are my, where are my sets going to be? I have to kind of market all this stuff. My set, like you really kind of are the machine and you're talking about a lot of times, you know, you're talking about yourself on stage. So it can be very easy to get caught up in me, 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 me. But the idea of even just shifting that perspective and saying like, well, how can I make this experience better for other people? How can I be a better person? How can I make sure that I'm making good choices. And like you said, that I am not part of the problem. And then underneath that, then all the other stuff, it, you start from that place. I just feel like it just kind of makes all the other stuff better rather than doing it all for yourself from the get go, you know? Right. I feel like me, that me, is me, part me. of the goal. Me, me, me,
2: me, 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 um, me,
1: You know, you're exactly
2: right. Like it, if it were always me, 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 I don't think I would still be doing what I'm doing. I think that my, everything that I did, even the family feud, which my people might think, well, I still was rooting like crazy for those people to win that money because I knew not just winning the money, but, you know, feeling better about participating in something and it's kind of dream come true stuff people are either born as game show junkies like i am or you're not you either love game shows or you don't care about it your show love the wall i was crazy i agonized you would agonize over don't do it do it do it don't do it do it and i just love that and i think um maybe that's why we connect so well is because my our outcomes for people we want them to be good we don't have an agenda there we want them we want them to be happy
1: i agree uh, with you
2: i'm watching baskets now on hulu because i never really watched it when i when i made it really i I watched the episode such a good
1: show (laughs) yeah
2: i watched the episode the night it aired usually if i could and i'd tweet about it and say hey that was fun but i never realized how I mean, the show, I'm very proud of the show. I'm, I'm just so happy that I got to play that beautiful character. Um, it just is a homage to my mom. And just the fact that when I became that character, I was able to really not let Louis Anderson interfere with it. And that was a really big thing for me.
1: I know, but so much of your heart is Christine's heart that, you know, like. Yes, but. She's so, she just loves, you know, she just is such a, um, a, a, she's so sympathetic to everyone and just loves the small details of life so much. She just wants to share and make everyone happy. I
2: just talked with Jonathan Kreisel and Martha and Alex Morris, all people. I'm doing this thing called Baskets of Fun with Louie and I'm interviewing them all about their, their experience on baskets. Oh, and I'm going to, I'm going to put that out coming up because I talked with Jonathan, uh, the director, Jonathan Kreisel an hour and a half. We could have went three probably, but he had so many details. I had no idea about, which I really loved, you know, how, how they were thinking about how we, they created the character, all that kind of stuff, which was really good for me. Anyway, I just got off on that because I want people to know that. Well, they should. I mean,
1: we love. Is are there are are there more baskets being made? Do you know what's no. going on? Well, that was it. I
2: was. I think that there. I think uh, everybody wants to do more uh, baskets, but we also ended it beautifully, and uh, you know, we knew it was probably coming to an end. You know, Chris, it's not a show for everyone, but I always say it's a show for everyone who needs it. And I think that really so many people have needed that show to kind of like,
0: Oh, I
2: need that. I need Christine's love for Mm -hmm. a mother's love. I've had many people write me and say, would you be my mother? And I said, (laughs) you know, well, I certainly would. I wouldn't hesitate to be your mom but you're gonna to have to clean up your act a little because so, that's who christine is christine always threw a little jab in
1: it was it was always a well-meaning jab because she it seemed like she felt like she knew I know, I know that there's a problem in this situation and I I know how you should fix this. And I'm just going to throw this out there and, you know, go and get that and don't (laughs) dawdle. For God's sake,
2: you're always dawdling. She would take a, she had these little, I don't know, spitballs that she was able to like launch at people, you know, don't dawdle. You're always dawdling.
1: I I wish, you know, we had been, I had asked you if this was, you know, right before everything happened. So the timing wasn't ideal, but I had been um, talking with uh, Flanagan at Largo, Mm -hmm. like, I might want to do like a monthly sort of a music show or a live podcast or whatever. And I said, Oh, I would love to have you come be Christine and do a song. I probably would do it for you. But, but now like, I don't know when when that's going to be a thing people can... So two things that I've been working on, but
2: just all personally, I don't have anyone helping me with it, is an album by Christine Baskets. Oh, I love that. On the A side, and songs by Louis Anderson on the B side. And I just thought it would be so much fun. Uh, The other thing is, uh, if you're voting out there, vote for uh, me to... I'm up for the Emmy this year because we missed the cut last year. So you missed the
1: cut last year? I didn't know yeah, that.
2: By nine days, we missed the cut. Oh,
1: that is so, fantastic. I mean, I it would... is it it is one of the great comedy performances because it's uh, it there's so much there's so much heart to that show that if that show had originally been pitched to me. I, I just, it that show was something so much other than what I assumed that it would be, that you just have to watch, like, what a beautiful family story it is, but how, it's like, as I as I said to you last time you were on the podcast, if you pitch a show, it's like, well, Zach is this one sort of hapless character who wants to be a French clown, and he plays his twin brother, who's just this, like, self-absorbed, narcissistic asshole, and he has this weird accent that they never explain, and... You know, on paper, you're like, oh, yeah, I could say that'd be funny. But then you watch a show, and you go, oh, my God, this is like a beautiful family <laughs> story at the core of this, this family unit who's just doing the best they can to kind of get through life and support each other, despite all of their idiosyncrasies, which bump into each other constantly. It's such a beautiful story. Well, Jonathan, you know, when I first met him, he goes, don't,
2: don't think of this as a... Uh, half hour show think of this as a three and a half hour movie and don't think of it as a as like a sitcom think of it as a slapstick drama and i thought those were two beautiful things he said and it really it really was like a slapstick you know there was just some some of the shots in that show are so cinematic so it was fun working with them we're talking about doing another show together some sort and, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm the luckiest guy in the world because I still can get work and I still can do things and I, yeah, uh, you've gotten
1: to do some, I think really... I was on
2: with you when the book came out. Was that right?
1: You, yeah, you, yeah, you were. Yeah. And, and it I just think came my mom... out on
2: paperbacks. So it was that a year ago then? Was that only a year ago? Oh no, that was like two no, years ago that was like two and a half years ago two and a half years and ago. my mom came on this was yeah She was so much fun i got so many comments about that oh she part. she loves you this is for your book hey mom right the stories i told my mom but you can read them too which i never i, I never was i really never settled on that i was kind of sold that idea I go, well, that does almost sounds right. But you know, when you're doing something, you just go, ah, Louie, this doesn't matter. Just get going on it.
1: I just hope that when you look at your career as a whole, and it sounds like you do, that you really see like what a perfect like I don't know what more perfect a career. It's like you've gotten to do stand-up. You got to do stand-up during the comedy boom. You know, you've had regular shows in Vegas, you've gotten to be a game show host, you've gotten to be an incredible actor and play this wonderful character, you've gotten to be open about your relationship with your mom and make other people feel more connected and, you know, you're vulnerable, like, you've really done so many wonderful things that it's just like, it all, does it feel all like gravy to you at this point? Like anything else that you get to do is just like, oh, it's all gravy now, I've gotten to do so many amazing things.
2: It's such a good question, and it's so... The ego part of me goes, well, I haven't done the ultimate movie I want to do. I want to play Fatty Arbuckle. Maybe with Zach as Harold Lloyd or one of those characters. Oh, my God! Because he's such a great comedic genius. Or you. I would love for you to be in it. I mean, I would. Zach's a a
1: pretty good... uh,
2: No, but I'm just saying, Zach's such a great slapstick guy, but you're a great actor. So... What I'm saying is I really wanted to do that for two reasons. When I was uh, just starting out as a comedian, I met this psychic and, and his mother was a psychic too and she wanted to do a reading. And I said, oh, well, sure, I'll take a reading. I'd like to get a Who doesn't want to get red? Um, she said to me, you are you were a famous silent film star in the early 1900s, and you have come back to right the wrong that was done to you. And I go, what, what are you talking about? And... So I looked up silent film stars and I found Fatty Arbuckle, who I look amazing. Amazingly, I look so much like him. You'd be very surprised. And I was born on the same day.
1: Holy shit.
2: So I said, oh, my God. So I've always wanted to do that movie because, you know, he was acquitted. And, you know, it was just the hearse. Ooh, I shouldn't even say that. Sorry, I said <laughs> was that it now. my
1: wife's? Was it my wife's it was, family? I think
2: it was Lydia's family, but the great grandfather because, because of some actress that he was involved with. There's something, or they just blamed him, or whatever it was. All the newspapers dragged him, and you can take this out if you want.
1: No, uh, listen, hey, I know, no, but I don't. Fine. I
2: mean, I have, I'm not. I'm just reporting on what I read.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, I'm not. Uh, not but not what I'm saying
2: is. The thing that touched me so much, he died really with a broken heart. Right before he died he signed a RKO out of New Jersey. They had a studio and he signed a thing to come back to movies. And then he died like the next week. But while he after he was acquitted and really he never get got another job, he toured. He live he toured live to sold out shows so he could pay all of his legal bills and stuff.
1: Was he doing stand-up? What was he doing live?
2: I would imagine that, you know, he was so, he was such a clever human being. You know, he invented the floor where you could fall on it and not get hurt. And Mm -hmm. he was the first guy to have his name above the title. He was the first guy to get a million dollars for a movie.
1: Oh my God, that must have been like $50 million back then. Yeah, I mean, he, he really did, but he...
2: I don't know what he did, but I would imagine he did that kind of thing. um sketches from the movies, I would guess, don't you think?
1: Probably, you think but also like the idea
2: stuff, you know.
1: The but idea the f- of seeing someone live, you know, like the new medium yes, of film yes, yes. seeing someone in person, having seen them on a big screen back then, and
2: haven't seen them in the newspaper every single day for a year. Must so, have blown their minds. Yeah, so him. I just always felt as like, oh, I would love to give my perspective on how he must have felt, just because I'm a performer. So I, I would have that, that wait, No, no, I, that didn't happen. I'm, I, no, you know, or whatever it was, and those relationships, and that everybody really had very few friends after that but that he he never gave up on his life and he never gave up on trying to get back into show business. So that's one of the movies I'd like to do. You know, it's and, so, it's so uh, funny
1: because sometimes, like, if we're talking to someone and Citizen Kane comes up, they'll go, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I know that was, oh, and then yeah. like, I don't care. I you know, it was like, it's fine, you know? like Yeah, yeah. yeah Liddy, I'm
2: sure, thinks that's so silly. You know, because we are silly people.
1: We have a Citizen I mean, Kane poster in our house. We have an Italian original Citizen Kane poster in our house. Like it's not one it's of my not favorite, a ver- verboten one of my favorite, topic.
2: What if what, one of my favorite movies? And uh, anyway, so that and so what you're saying is it's all gravy. But I'm not supposed to be eating gravy. Um, so that's <laughs> I couldn't let that boat sail.
1: My favorite, my favorite part of that <laughs> that people listening will not get to see is how sincere your face was when you said but i'm not eating like it's it so, <laughs> it's it's one of the things like seeing your face it's a funny joke to hear but it's a funny joke to see because the, your performance of it was so yeah. like i like i just wasn't prepared that that's where you were going and then it just made that's joke. what it's
2: about though isn't it
1: yeah it's, it's the, the sleight of hand. The time?
2: it's so the you, sleight don't of hand you got, don't you go down that hole or that tributary when you're performing all the time don't you and yes, then and your is. goal is hopefully i find another tributary to get
1: back tributary 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 to get back tributary yeah
2: Tributary to get terry
1: terry um, is uh, uh, Terry Tarantino over there? Is Timmy Tarantino yeah, with you, Terry?
2: Tarantino was a fabulous <laughs> name. I love his films. And <laughs> he
1: was great. He he produced a lot of the original Arbuckle films. Timmy Tarantino.
2: Yeah, that was but, great, great. Great, 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 great.
1: But that thing, that thing right there of like just sort of trying to slide a joke in that 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 drive that we all have. I think yeah. that's the kind of thing that when people are young. Some people just naturally do that and they don't realize it's a thing. And a lot of times, because most people, I think a lot of people don't normally do that. And so I just remember growing up, you would do that in conversation and then people would look at you weird and be like, what? Oh, whatever. You know, and then you would feel like, am I weird or broken? What is wrong with me that I keep? And then you meet other comedians, finally you go, oh, This is a whole personality type. I'm not, yeah, yeah, I'm home. This is a thing that a certain type of person does. And I'm not weird. Well, I'm weird, but at least other people do it. And now we take a quick pause to thank the sponsor for the ID10T episode. It's Squarespace, now featuring email campaigns. Yes, you know with Squarespace, you can create websites, you can build online stores, you can use their marketing tools, you can uh, create a blog that you want, you can park domains. But now, email campaigns to promote those things... You'll sell more. You'll stand out in any inbox with Squarespace email campaigns. It's an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to unify everything in your voice from homepage to emails. It's consistent content all the way through powerful editing tools to make it your own. And then customizable layouts for any message. Mobile editing you can send anytime, anywhere, thanks to Squarespace. And then, of course, beyond all that, yes, you can turn your idea into a website. You can showcase your work. You can publish any kind of content you want with beautiful templates created by world-class designers, powerful e-commerce that has functionality to let you sell anything online. Everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box. So go to squarespace.com slash ID10T for a free trial. When you're ready to launch, use the offer code ID10T to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Thank you to Squarespace for sponsoring this episode of the ID10T podcast, which we now glide seamlessly back into.
2: I guess the hardest thing is I, I really feel for the comics out there who the one, that's what I've been thinking a lot about uh, is they must be trembling in their boots, you know, because they're not working and they depend on that work. We're lucky enough to have had other work that we're not depending on that necessarily. And I think about that all the time. I think of what's going to happen and maybe we should do a, maybe we should do the, some kind of thing where, you know, I, I can never organize anything, so I'm just counting on you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's 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 also it's not yeah it it is the comics who rely on performing in the clubs, but it's also trying to figure out a way to help keep the clubs open too, because there are a lot of clubs yeah. that sort of that really kind of go month to yeah. month. You know, yeah. and, and it's, yeah, it's the it's worst the servers, business to be in. It's the worst The servers to be in. and the and the door the people and the cooks yeah. and the and the managers and the, everyone that that, that it's, it, it really supports a whole ecosystem of people that I hope are okay. I really hope that we these I clubs can survive because they employ so many people. Here's and what nice we'll people. do.
2: What? Here's what we'll do if you want to do it. What? we'll put pressure on ourselves or I'll put pressure on you and you put pressure on me. We'll do this thing where we switch roles and maybe, and then we'll go on on like a zoom performance and we'll do it back and forth with each other because I think we are a good audience for each other. Okay. Do you know what I mean? And we can, we can play it out and see, and maybe we'll put it up on all the club things and have people send money. And you know, see if they want to see it, you know, I don't know i I'm, I'm just
1: I mean, I know that a lot you, of people have tr- have been trying to I know a lot of people have done zoom shows. My friend Jackie Cation yeah. has been doing some shows Jack, yeah. for 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 Acme, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know uh but now that clubs are starting to open back up, Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I think all right, uh, people- well you're off the hook then <laughs> no, it's a great idea though. But to- we should
2: still try and do it.
1: Yeah, I know that um I, I was doing that right when the what virus first name, hit. Huh? Mike Berbiglio, yeah, that's a great name. names
2: in the whole world. It's a good he's, name. On, just... uh, he's on uh he's on Billions. He oh, was on that's... Billions last season.
1: I didn't know that. We haven't that's a show we haven't uh, seen. Oh, you're going to love Billions. So much time to watch shows like baskets for instance. Ah, you're so sweet. Or like uh your comedy special oh.
2: Oh, it's on the 28th? 23rd. It's on, on the, the 23rd. CW, on the CW. I didn't big even know underwear. the CW
1: was doing Where comedy specials. Hold on a
2: second. Let me see if I can get to them. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. I'm I'm you, very close. Do you have I'm the big underwear close. right there? I'm very close. Hold on. I just folded. I wash my own clothes. I like the smell of laundry. <laughs> it's so, it's and very meditative. And these are, (laughs) one day I was folding my clothes. It's good, isn't it? These are my favorite. This
1: should be the, wait, Um, hold that up again. This should be the freeze frame for the, if you peek your head out, your eyes out the top, this is the.
2: (laughs) Um, I was folding my clothes one day and I go, Jesus (laughs) whose are these (laughs) and it made me laugh so hard that I just said they said what do you want I go I had this really like nobody wanted me to call the show Big Underwear and I said why not I go so I said you know people are going to be going through the um, programs on the TV and they're going to see Shark Tank and Deadliest Catch right (laughs) Right?" And what are they going to see then? Louie Anderson, hey, likes butter? Right. Louie Anderson, butter? Do you think that's... But if they see Louie Anderson, big underwear, I got a shot of them tuning in on that. I got to see this big underwear thing. What constitutes yeah. big underwear? How big are they? Do I have big underwear? Do I have big underwear? But anyways, um, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't
1: know the CW was doing comedy specials. That's fantastic. Neither no, did I. Did
0: they approach
2: you, or did you... I can't really get into the details of the... Okay. No, uh, I think comedy dynamics. You know those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. I'm practicing my Chris already. Yeah, and then I was... uh, I'm over here, and I'm going down this ramp. First of all, who made the first (laughs) fucking ramp? Who was it? <laughs> Who was the guy? Did he see a hill where there was a snow? The snow was an automatic ring. Well, why can't I make a fucking concrete
1: ramp? Why can't I? Dropping in the f is so perfect. It is so perfect. I don't know if I have a Louis. I just, in my head I a lot of times, I hear, Chip! 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 <laughs> well, there's your ringtone. Shut <laughs> up! There's your that's your ringtone now. When you call me, it's gonna be you saying chip.
2: Chip. <laughs> oh, here's a better one for you. Chris Chris. Chris. Lydia, is Chris around? Oh for god's <laughs> sakes. There you go.
1: <laughs> God damn it. That's gonna have me laughing in it. I you know, uh
2: you know, but Yeah, I'm intrigued by now. Doing uh, doing that seven five to seven minutes of.
0: I love it because I
1: haven't written anything really much during during quarantine because I, I think, uh, a lot of the creative energy has been (laughs) devoted to like, are we allowed to go outside? Like, what do we do? Do we have enough? You know food do we have enough toilet paper you know that stuff but then also i just work better when i know i have a show on the books and when i have a show like in a month i just focus but when i when my shows are six months away it's very hard for me you know i was a guy that did his homework the night before it was due i just that's i I, that's just how i work do you work that way or are you able to just write i well
2: like um I have to work at writing. Every comic has to work at writing, but once you make up your mind, like you do yours, you make up your mind, you're going to write it. Like, a, like I already know. I don't, the only thing I don't know is I don't, I'm not really as smart as you. Yeah, um, it's not true. No, no. I mean in the way of, like you're well read and you know what all this stuff means. So I got to really work at making sure I have a couple of good turns in the bit that where you go, oh, yeah, ah, that's that's all I want. Oh, God, you got, they got me on that, didn't they?
1: That's so funny. I, I love that you Excuse want to do me. this. I love that well, you want to do this. I
2: guess, I'll tell you why. This, you only live once, hopefully. And, um, I mean, if you could live again, I guess Shirley MacLaine has lived several times, a lot of lives, but listen, you're my friend. Um, I can do this. I, I've been working with you. You did stand up at my show at the improv in 1901. It was 1901. Yeah.
1: It was 1901.
2: 1901.
1: I remember when it was, it was 1996, and
2: 1996. And you, you were you were nervous,
1: terrified. And I had one good show and one horrible bomb show. Yeah, that's how uh, life is, right there. And I, I say this that every time. Was it a Friday night? It was a Friday and Saturday. Friday Friday was the good show. Saturday wow. was the bad show. That I well, invited Saturday,
2: my- you know why? Because okay, so, you invited your friends, and it's such a conservative crowd on Saturdays for me. That's my conservative night.
1: Oh, is it really? I, I yeah, don't know. Even
2: I, I can't do certain things.
1: You know what? Um, it, it, it it wasn't because I don't think I was doing any. Let me give yeah. you a way out here. I know. I, but it was just uh, the reason that I love to tell the story every time you're on is because it it's such good advice that I that I think not just applies to stand up, but applies to anything else, which is I got off stage and I was dis- I was destroyed. Like I just felt my I was so torn up that I didn't perform again for another year. And you said to me, I'm mad at you for that. You go, you go, don't, I I go, I'm so sorry. And you go, no, no, no. Get on stage a hundred times, then see where you're at. You don't know who you are on stage until you've done it a hundred times. And I had only done it really a handful of times at that point. So I just didn't have the experience to understand like the first joke didn't fly and I immediately shut down and it informed the energy for the rest of the set. And the audience saw me upset and sweating. And so they felt bad. And when they feel pity, then they can't then it's not so I so I've always given that advice to people who want to be comedians. Get on stage a hundred times regardless and then you'll know. Sure. And with, it's anything. Just about, with anything with anything just you gotta doing do it. minimum of a hundred times. You just do. you just have to know. You just have to right. you don't know who you are till you go down the path, get some experience, and you just get the perspective and you learn things that you didn't even you couldn't even have conceived of because you just don't understand the process until you do it a bunch.
2: I gotta get that whole mannerism stuff you got. So you don't uh, and, uh,
1: I'm a, I'm half Italian. my mom's Italian, so I'm very no, I talk no, with no. my hands. And yeah. the
2: pasta and the pizza and the boots. Uh, the <laughs> and roller then roller I have to
1: learn how to stand still and do the yeah. you know, like yeah. you just kind of tilt your head from yeah. side to side. Uh, what is that? No mm, uh, mm. way. And this, this one hand goes on the chest. Ah,
2: nah. Hey, everybody. Welcome 20. to my party. <laughs> um, what a wonderful time I had on... Uh... I don't know how much, how long you do these for. This is about
1: it. About an hour. Yeah.
2: You know, um, all my best junior family and all the people out there listening that are struggling, you're not alone struggling. We're all struggling. I don't care what your position is. This is struggle time. And, uh, take a deep breath, get alone with yourself and take a deep breath and just go, everything's going to work out. Everything's going to work out. It will. And, you know, you, you just have to believe in that because if you don't get into that frame of mind, you won't be able to see when it clears up and where you can go and what you can do. But you got to be at peace yourself and move towards that stuff you've always wanted to do. Everything you've always wanted to do, this is the time to do it. Don't be afraid, be fearless and know that you're not alone. A lot of people out there are in the same boat and it's not sinking, it's sailing along.
1: Uh, oh, I love you. I just genuinely love you. I love and I you. I really missed seeing you and I'm so glad we got to do this and you know, just thank you for everything. And I, I'm I'm legitimately uh I will watch your special when it airs All on right. the CW. Big Underwear special will be
2: Tuesday, June twenty third, nine o'clock Eastern. Louis Anderson, Big Underwear, CW.
1: Catch it. You'll love it. Uh, I'm gonna set the record, and I'm gonna watch it, and I'm just so excited to see you do a bunch of new stuff. And I tell you,
2: I'm gonna tell you something about that special. I really struggled the first show in it. You did. I was nervous. I was shooting baskets at the time, and I was struggling. And all my friends were out there, and I was down at the LA Theater downtown, and I was, I was dying on stage in my mind on the first show. And then the second show, I took a deep breath and said, what does any of that worry matter? You know, all the worry in the world can't make you live one second longer. So, and then I really let it go and it was a much better special.
1: Oh my God, that's such a great piece of advice. All the worry in the world can't make you live one second longer. (laughs) It can, and it can't change anything, the worry. The worry is. Because the really worry is all
2: just like a placeholder for the actual thing you are afraid of, because there's
1: nothing to be afraid of. It's not happening yet. Well, yeah. I mean, like, well, the oldest bits of advice I got from a therapist once was worry is a misuse of your imagination, which I love. And number two, I know that. At least
2: 150 bucks an hour.
1: <laughs> I'm <person>. know... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was. And I also know that there is an overactive like preparation thing that anxious people have of like, I have to worry, you know, I worry about this in case it happens. It's like, well, if it happens, you still have to deal with it. Now you're having to deal with it twice, but then it becomes a part of people's ritual. Cause they go, well, I have to worry about this thing so that everything's okay. And it's like, well, no, you don't, because that's not really how the universe works. So wouldn't it be great if you could just let that go and not waste not waste the present worrying about the future. It's true. And he and here's
2: what a good friend Jonathan was. He came back and said hi. I think or we talked afterwards, and I go, oh, I'm so sorry. I was so out of it that set. He goes, you were great. And that was it. He goes, you were you were good. You were funny. I never seen you before. You're so funny. And he just, that was it. He said, you were great. You're crazy if you think that wasn't good. And so that's what we do to ourselves because we're perfectionists. But we need those Jonathans. We need you to say what you said and me to say what I say. Because we're worrying where perfection is something you might like to shoot for or aim for, but just be real cuz that's the only good stuff you got. All the perfection other stuff is a is fake ideal. A, yeah, it's a perfection fake. Perfection is Ooh, fake. Ooh, I got to get that in there. I'm going to have that in the in your set. Okay. Going to have that yeah, yours. Know, you, you, know you know that perfection is a fake ideal. <laughs> the ideal situation is not to have perfection. You sit on your laurels wherever they are. <laughs> What's a laurel? <laughs> uh, <it's laughs> Why are we sitting hardy. on them? It's half of Hardy and laurel. <laughs> <dirt>. <laughs>
1: You don't want to go full Laurel. You really, cause a full Laurel is a half a Hardy.
2: Yeah. That's, Listen, if you could get a half a Hardy and a half a Laurel, you'd have the perfect Laurel and Hardy or Hardy and Laurel.
1: I mean, I just, you know, the other thing too, the whole, like the whole, the whole other level of stuff that you start to discover, if you are someone who obsesses over details or you might be a perfectionist or, you, or you're anxious or you worry about stuff is outside of the ritual of worry one thing that people might start to learn is like, oh, do I bring myself back to this stressful place? Because something inside me feels like I deserve to feel bad or I deserve to suffer. Or I, you know, like for people who spend their whole lives beating themselves up, you know, maybe they were bullied as a kid. And so it just ingrained in their head, like, oh, I, I deserve, you know, like maybe I should feel bad. And you don't, you don't need to. And can you free yourself? From that, is it something you're doing to yourself? Yeah, let's. Can you free yourself let, from that?
2: Let's it? just let's not let this opportunity that what you just said go by without commenting on it for you for both of us. You can't do that to yourself because you've got to look at it as you're going to back yourself up. Don't let yourself do that. Don't let yourself or your biggest fear, whatever your biggest fear is, climb into bed with it and and let it you know, realize how, how really harmless it is. So what if this happens? 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 You're never going to see the thing that hits you before it hits you anyways. Right. Just let it hit you. Let it, let it go through you. Let it feel the fear, voice the fear, embrace the fear and then kick it out of bed. And then say, I got to get going with, I got to get going. I don't care if you do dishes, if you go do dishes, you go wash your clothes, you know, like that's a humbling thing to wash my clothes. I said, I should send all that stuff out and get it washed. And I go, and I said to myself out loud, well, they don't do it right. They don't do it the way I want it. (laughs) So I'm going to do do it myself. Yeah. The real truth is I need that. I need that. I needed to wash and, and fold those clothes. Yeah. I just needed to and it bring me back to that terrible dryer we had growing up you know where you'd hear the tennis shoe clunk 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 clunk, or your little brother clunk clunk clunk. (laughs) um but that when my mom would pull those towels out of the dryer and smell them she goes do you ever smell anything so beautiful Louie I go I guess not Uh, And that's the stuff that sticks with you. And that's the stuff that sticks with you. You know, depend on the stuff that sticks with you, you know, and all the stuff that's beating you up. You know, you don't need it. No. I would have been 10 times more successful had I uh, not given into that fear.
1: But I, th- I don't know what I mean. Maybe when you say ten times more successful, no, I
2: just say you know I'm always shooting over the number. But I,
1: I, I think when you I would really... have been much
2: happier actually, had I not let the fear drive me to all the things that it drove me to and the, and the hardships it caused me.
1: But because I, I see you as incredibly successful, because again, you have done all these amazing things. And you have real balance now. And maybe, you know, maybe that's part of the success and not whatever in your mind, like some mathematical calculation of like financial success. I mean, I don't, whatever, whatever you're thinking of is like that other, Oh, I could have been 10 times more successful. I see you as incredibly successful because you've learned, you've grown, you've evolved, you've gotten past all the stuff that you were hard on yourself about and you're you're in a good place and you still get to do the things that you love to do. And, I don't know what could be more successful than that. You know what I mean? And you make people happy. All right, well, five times then. (laughs) No,
2: I appreciate that, and you're exactly right. I, I am exactly in a place where I should be, and I should be so happy and content. But that is something to remember, that even if you have done a lot of things, you have to constantly be reminded by people who care about you that you've done a good job. And leave it at that and not try to say, but what about you don't need to?
1: No, and and this is just for anyone who is extra hard on themselves. This whole like last 10, 15 minutes is for anyone who's hard on themselves, for anyone who feels crippled with worry. Yes, there are some things to worry about. But is there any part of that that you can re-examine and let go? Because letting go of any of it will net out better for you. <laughs> so what can you, what can you jettison right now? And no, you don't need to beat yourself up and no, you don't deserve to be unhappy. And no, you don't, you know, it's just all those things that we get you know, stuck uh, in our heads. I'm going to go back to what your therapist says. R-
2: worry robs you of your creativity. Is that what it was? Worry is a misuse of your imagination? Yeah. Same uh, thing. yeah uh, misuse. Uh, I see how I made it mine. Um, but it's a great uh, but
1: that's a great spin on it though.
2: Yeah, but I mean seriously, worry work harder, worry less because in Lee even if the work isn't perfect, it's work and the work that you create and the content that you mine is here forever, man. Yeah, you get to have it. You get to have it here. You do do the things that you want to do and someday somebody will stumble upon What you have done and your intent
1: will be realized. Oh, that is so wonderful. That's so sweet. I wish I could give you a hug. I just wish I could give you a big hug right now. You did. Oh, good. Just just saying
2: that. But, all right.
1: Are you okay? Yeah.
2: This is... um. This is, this is the most alive people are. If you aren't brought to tears every day, you're just not living. Right. But I had a wonderful time. And I'm going to start doing my Hardwick 7.
1: I'm going to start. Oh, God. Do I get to
2: use any of it? Boy. You can use anything you want. <laughs> then, I, then you can use it. <laughs> you can use. There's no rules on this, first of all. Okay we're not looking for perfection we're looking for the for the process. Uh, the process and the act. I always I tell it. people you know this whole thing that we're doing the outcome is hardly ever meets the journey the right. outcome the outcome the outcome or outcome the, the outcome, outcome <laughs> the outcome is hardly ever as wonderful and most and interesting as the journey because in the journey you are fully, fully alive.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, you, you know, if you, if you look at it, like a cross country trip, I'm driving from here, I'm driving from the East coast and I want to get to the West coast. Eventually you'll get to the West coast, exactly. but if you really stop and pay attention and see all the amazing things along the way, that's the, that's the part where you grow, not arriving on the West coast. That's that moment doesn't make you grow. Yeah. It's It's all of the stuff that you see and experience along the way. It's exactly
2: right. Like, just driving to all my, like somebody said, my husband is going to pick up uh, my daughter and her fiance's um, clothes and household belongings because they're moving back to where we are in Denver. And I said, uh, and he's taking the kids. And I said, what a great experience that he is going to have for father's day because he's leaving because he's going back there and the kids are with him, and they are going to have the most fun time in the world. Yes. It'll be hard it'll be difficult. It could be scary, but what a wonderful uh, opportunity for all of them. And it'll be that journey they'll have forever. He wouldn't have those. I know exactly why he agreed to do it, one, because he cares about his daughter and her, and, and her fiance, but two, because, Oh yeah, this is life. Cause he's smart enough to know that this is what life is about.
1: That's a perfect place to end. I, right. I miss you. And I, miss you too. I hope, I really hope to get to see you soon and give you a hug in person. Likewise hugs
2: to uh, Sharon and Lydia. I will. And uh, I'll talk to you. Thanks for having me. And I'll, um, You know, we'll just in 30 days, we'll check in with each other. Okay. See where we're at. How about that?
1: Perfect. We're recording this June 15th. So, July 15th, we'll check in. And when will it be on? This is going up the day your special airs. Beautiful. So, we got uh, that right then. Yeah. 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 So, Tuesday the 23rd. All right. Thanks.
2: All right. Does anybody call you Christopher? My mom does. Oh, good. All right. I love ya.
1: you. You can call me that. You can call no, me that. Your family. I, I,
2: all right. Thanks so much. Likewise. Okay. You can call me Lewis.
1: <laughs> Lewis.
2: <laughs> Lewis. Okay. All right. Love you. Good night. Bye. Good you night.
0: too. Bye. ID t Skinning Complete. Enjoy your burrito. This episode is brought to you by the effortlessly scrumptious bite of Skinny Pop Popcorn. Imagine this. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious kernels,